Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Weigh, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Help Me Be Me is self-help for people who hate self-help, hosted by me, Sarah May. What I talk about on my show is my personal opinion, and it's not a substitute for professional help. Take what helps and leave the rest. Hi friends, this is Sarah May, and this is an episode I'm loosely titling Loving Yourself Enough to Let Someone Go, but I wanted to just at the very beginning tell you I'm not telling you to let someone go, I'm not telling you in this episode to do one thing or another, this is really just an episode to help you process and organically get to the decision that is right for you, no matter what that is. So I'm going to be giving you tools in both directions. It's not going to, I have no agenda. So this is an episode for, I'd say emotional pain related to being in a a bad relationship or a relationship that is not functioning in a good way in your life right now. And this is really a follow-up to the bad relationship episode. I've gotten several requests in this general area and they're somewhat related there's a little bit of overlap so I wanted to try and address all of them I'm going to try and give you some tools to just process what you want and really know innately why that is valid and also hopefully it'll relieve a lot of what happens to us when we're in this situation which is just like constant rumination constant solving like you know wake you up in the middle of the night kind of negative thought loops that come up and this is hopefully to help you kind of get a little bit of peace in the face of your own decision making I think a lot of us struggle with guilt and we second guess ourselves when so much is at stake you know and Even after the fact, if we know we made the right decision, we can still be just in that purgatory of overthinking this. It's incredibly painful and it's incredibly difficult to move through a loss voluntarily. So just for whatever it's worth, just know that like, you know, it's similar in in children you know it's it's very rare for children to run away especially when they're young and if they do it demonstrates that it was that bad that they had to run away so if you are in a position right now and you are contemplating leaving and it's been a long time of being in this bad relationship then I would guess it's bad because that's not easy to do so don't take it lightly and I wanted to give you a heads up on this the structure of this episode. This one has a lot of tools because it's really geared toward, as I said, processing, getting clarity, um, and moving moving toward a state of action. So before I go into this episode, um, I would just say know that in any situation, just being in a state of any action of any form is a gift. Because it's a gift to to force change, whether that means you're going to stay together or you're going to move apart. 
I think just it's the hardest part is before that change when you're just kind of stuck in the in the purgatory stage of inaction friction forces something new to come forth and although it's messy and it's not fun and it brings up a lot of drama often a lot of emotions this is how good things happen through that friction for those who have written to me just wanted to recap a couple of the requests i've gotten um, people who want to leave a bad relationship and they're in that state of self-doubt. Other people who are having that really excruciating second-guessing of self after leaving a bad relationship. Um, a person that's really fearful of leaving a bad relationship because of what they will lose if they do so. For all of you, I'm my heart is, is going out to you. I know that this is probably just the most painful state to be in. And if you are struggling and you're suffering, just I'm so, so sorry. And, and know that this is an, a time to be very gentle with yourself and just really be there with yourself for yourself, almost like a third person, like a friend. And I know that it sucks, but like this, the pain makes the happy times happier and the sweets sweeter. It's just a part of life we got to move through. And... <clears throat> Yet another thing I want to say before I go into this episode, just because last night was the Oscars and watching the Oscars, one thing that occurred to me was just we award things that are projected on a very large scale. You know, we're giving these awards to people who are making movies because movies are on such a big scale. Everyone sees them. So it's like this becomes this thing that everyone is celebrating, but those aren't necessarily, you know, the biggest achievements in the world. <laughs> they, they aren't necessarily the hardest things in the world to deal with. Sometimes the hardest things in life are the things that are ugly, that no one wants to see or hear about. And I would say a lot of them are like just the, the life plateaus, the times when you left a bad relationship that was killing you, but also it was making you feel less alone. Or the times you stood up for yourself, but now you feel miserable and terrified to be alone with your depression because the distraction of the drama is gone. So for all of you who are moving through really huge and very difficult mountains in your life, you are learning how to honor yourself. Personal growth is a path. This is not the end. This is just the beginning. And know that this is some of the hardest work of your life. And having been there, I can attest, you're a warrior. So don't stop to dwell and don't lose heart and just know that like you're at the beginning or, or possibly the middle and at this stage it's kind of going to suck. It's kind of supposed to suck but if you keep going there is light at the end of this if you pursue that aggressively and I think and by that I mean you know self-help like your life depends on it. Take it all in stride and continue to go through the motions of helping yourself non-stop. So I wanted to give some mini, this is super cheesy, but hey, I wrote it down. I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to give some little acknowledgments to some specific people out there in my audience, to my friends who just decided they had to leave a fucked up relationship. I honor you. To my friends out there who just decided in the face of losing the love of their parents that they had to tell everybody I'm not straight, I honor you. 
to the friends who have decided to weigh whether or not they can bear breaking up a family because they're being mistreated by a partner, I honor you. I see you. I honor your pain and your strength and know that you are processing. You're doing it. There is an answer for you. I don't know it. And maybe you don't know it yet, but eventually you will know it. The digestion, the stage of digestion is where you are. And what we do is we confront and then you move through what the solution is for you in particular. And if you are in that stage of not knowing and you're terrified and you don't want to move forward and you're just resisting, looking, because that's too scary, I'm telling you right now, the solution is gray. It's not black and white. It's not what you think it will be. It's not instant. And it's not arrived at in passion. It's arrived at in like the gray morning, you know, alone with enough space to allow it to come forth. It just arrives. And that answer, no matter what it is, can be a comfort despite what we think it will be. Because when we finally get there, when we finally digest and process and get to the answer, it's a relief because it, it's just the truth, you know? And that truth means there can be change. And when we are pushed to change, it means that things are that bad or they are that intolerable. So it by default will be a relief because when we live in pain and fear or we live in that future pain, when we're resistant, we cannot digest. We cannot see what it is we truly choose. So I, I celebrate you as you move through this. Um, and as I said, this episode, there's, I'm not pushing you in either direction. This is, this is just to help you digest what you want to do and also hopefully make friction and movement so that the real change can happen. Because when we say, fuck that shit, I'm, I'm done. Or we say, I'm going to stay where I am and be there when we can do either of those things minus fear. And we can let go of all of that fearful what ifing, you know, and we can solve through it all for ourselves completely. Then we can just, I mean, we can manage it so much better. And then we can actually take like, you know, really pragmatic kinds of action, like just super basic, you know, shoring up details kinds of actions that can improve our state of being. And we know exactly what it is we need to do. So when we were fearful and we are resistant to being where we are, I would say that's worse than just being there and knowing that that is right for us. So to you who are predicting, take a deep breath. Just know that you're not there yet. And when you do get there, it will be different than you think it will be. And for you who are already made a big decision and now you're doing that rethinking that fear can drive us to, to you I also say, take a deep breath. <sighs> Just slow deep breath and know we do not arrive at action easily. It's incredibly difficult to make change. And if you wanted it and you got to this point, that's a marvel in itself. You didn't get here because of a lack of thought, you know? Your feelings exist and they are valid. I'm guessing you thought the shit out of this thing. So wherever you, whoever you are, decide to go from here, it's flexible, it's unwritten, and but wherever you're going to go, 
Do not abandon yourself. The goal is to know yourself and make that a practice from this day forth. Know thyself. Know where your heart lies. Know where your truth lies. And from there, we can become free in just that simple knowledge. To anyone out there who is in an abusive relationship and you are afraid for your life to leave that relationship, that is a real fear that is likely protecting you. So to you in particular, I want to tell you, I will put some links in the show notes for resources. Don't stop Googling, you know, the research phase of seeking out help can take a good chunk of time. I would give yourself a month of seeking out the right resource, but that one resource will lead you to another one and another one and another one. So if you're in that situation, you are going to make this plan very slowly and strategically. All right, here we go. The what, the why, and the how, the tools. Part one, the what. A relationship that is untenable, that makes you feel unhappy, disrespected, unloved, violated, abused, or unseen, that forces you to betray yourself and your values. And maybe that is a person who is toxic and negative. The simplest way to describe it is you are not getting the treatment that you would expect from a stranger, like basic human kindness. So if you're not sure you're in a relationship that needs to change, just start with that filter. Am I getting basic human kindness, like basic respect that I would ask of a stranger, like a person I would transact with in an everyday situation in society? Yes or no? That's just a good place to start. Past that, it's maybe a person who does not abide by the foundational values that you hold dear. So I'm just going to list out what I would call the basics, trust, honesty, respect, if you are a person who believes in monogamy, this would often be on this list. So monogamy, other values that come to mind for me personally, kindness, love, someone who helps you to be your best self, someone who appreciates you, supports you mutually, um, someone who sees you, who, who sees who you are. So if you are in a bind with this relationship and you are too afraid to declare what you need, I would say, most important, whatever they are doing, know that it's not about you. And the goal is to really see where you end and the other, other person begins. And I would say like to get sober, quote unquote, from the relationship. When you can respect that line of where they end and where you begin, you can stay in reality. And in that reality, this is how we're able to force the change that is needed. And sometimes that means your greatest power will lie in walking away. And I'm not pushing you in that direction. Whatever you are going to do, stay or leave, it takes one big ingredient, and that is self-respect. And it doesn't mean you are unkind or you act outside of your values and you act outside of how you would treat any other stranger. It just means you have to know what the truth of what you want, deserve, and belief is in its entirety and you have to really believe in its validity. So with that, here's part two, the why. When we get stuck in bad relationships, often it has a lot to do with low confidence. Also, a lot of it has to do with the need to control. Like we need to feel safe in our ability to call the shots. 
And a lot of these relationships are built around being able to feel like we have the upper hand. Like we have not put ourselves out there too much. We have not made our hearts vulnerable by trying too hard or like going outside of what we perceive to be our reach. So oftentimes we'll just take whoever likes us. This is a feeling of safety that comes from hidden feelings of low self-worth. And a lot of times we can't even tell that that's why we're attracted to people who are way below us and and or um, possibly just more damaged than we are. A lot of this being in this kind of relationship comes down to being able, being capable of processing what is happening and being capable of seeing things clearly, of seeing the this whole situation clearly and being able to discern what is what we really want and what is tied to a fear of loss or other emotional issues that are tied to past and childhood. Let's say yet another major, major piece of being in a relationship like this comes down to having weak boundaries, like being able to respectfully see where someone else is and simply react objectively to that truth. Like with anyone's actions, it's not bad, it just is. And and with a bad relationship, it's incredibly painful to accept the actions that others take. They can whatever they're doing could be devastating, but outside of the emotional pain, it's also just an objective fact it simply is so when we can choose to see who they are truly and create strong boundaries then we can create the change we really want in our lives but we have to first accept this is the fact of what's happening this is the transaction that's occurring and this is what I am allowing in based on my own boundaries that I set and protect myself with so if you are not liking where this is currently First things first, it's time to unplug. It's a sign you need to step back. And as I said, get sober, quote unquote, from this mindfuck, like the uneven terms that are you're currently existing in just to be able to see things clearly, you know, and if you are powerless, you're feeling powerless and you're wallowing in a feeling of victimization, I would say that is a surefire sign that you need to step back and just regain some of your own power. And, and I keep saying getting sober from the situation because it's, it is like being disoriented. It's like being intoxicated. You can't see up or down when you are in it and when you've lost your footing. So when we can get a little bit of independence and really see what the truth is and unplug from the loop of the reactions, you know, the loop of a relationship then we can actually see what it is we really want to do about the situation. And with just like any other thing in your life, it's like having a leak in the boat, you know? You can think of the boat as your life. And if one area of your life, like a relationship, is betraying what you hold sacred or violating your boundaries, it betrays the rest, it it toxifies the rest of your life because you are practicing something that is out of alignment with who you are. So we can't see it, but it really does affect our entire trajectory and the rest of our life. And I don't mean that any of what I'm saying means that you have to drop this person. We all have reasons for wanting what we want or doing what we do. And you are the only person that can make that decision. 
No one else in your life can make that decision for you. No one else knows the answer of what is right for you other than you. I'm simply saying that you need the space to see what your actual options are. Minus the fear, minus the drug, minus the perceived terrible future. We just need to give ourselves the option of looking at this with clarity. So I'm just talking you out of the fear of looking at what needs to be done. And I would say if there's one major takeaway I would love to offer you, know that no matter what the situation is, there's a better version of this situation that is doable for you. And it starts by getting your head on straight, meaning regaining a sense of your own power, self-respect, and autonomy, and seeing and really knowing that you have options. And, and by that, I mean like, even if you change your entire perspective on the exact same situation, it can change the situation. We're going to change our mind channel. <laughs> We're going to start there. We're going to move out of this fearful state of powerlessness into a state of autonomy and clarity. So with that, here's part three, the how, the tools. In a lot of cases, as I said, this is an issue of us setting boundaries. So if you are feeling angry at some, someone else from where they are or where they aren't, I would just first ask you, how can I return to my own sense of power? How can I be my most autonomous? And how can I think independently of this other person and what they do? We can control everything in our lives by controlling ourselves. So with that, here are lots and lots of tools for relationships that aren't working. First tool, I'm calling don't go there until you're there. This is for if you are still in the relationship and you are having lots of just venomous fights. Don't use the D word unless you are there. Don't bring up the traumatic possible future as a weapon or as a means to provoke. This, whatever you're going to do, is all for you to decide and to work through and to process, but it is not for you to inflict on someone else. So if you are there, you know, if you are looking to have a divorce, then just be there and plan accordingly. If you are going to inform someone of where you are going to go so that they can do something about it, then do it in a respectful or at the very least productive fashion. That's just like a code for, I would call it respectful arguments. All right, the next tool, what does the voice of fear or loss sound like? So in this state, it's kind of like being in a dark room where everything is lived through the lens of loss, of absence. We are lonely and the future is bleak. And so this voice in our head will say things like, I'll never love anyone any more than this. Things will never be better than this. And basically the voice only sees the pain that will be caused by leaving. And this voice is super hyperbolic in the amount of pain you will experience and how awful your life will be however often when you're in a bad relationship the pain of leaving is slightly less than the pain of being in it so it's a it's kind of a relief and the fear of loss is the most major source of pain in our imaginings and also 
we live through so much of it pre-breakup. So I would just ask you to identify, just start to identify either in your journal or in your own mind. What does the voice of fear sound like? What does the voice of fear of loss sound like? And also, what does the voice of depression sound like? Depression's voice is very myopic. The depression's voice is very pointless, has no imagination, will say things like, I have nothing better in my life. What's the point? Why would I do anything else? There's nothing good that's going to happen. It basically, basically the voice of depression can only see a dark wall ahead of you, nothing more. So just start to recognize the thoughts that are really just translating these specific fears. All right, the next tool is called what is working. So this is just for you to really forgive yourself, I think more than anything, because a lot of the times when we're in a bad relationship, we feel so bad about ourselves because we're like, why am I not changing this? Why am I in this stupid situation? Why am I allowing this type of behavior? And oftentimes that's because there is a real actual need that is being met by the relationship. So I just want you to reflect on this as a means to understand yourself. So I'm not telling you that you should stay in this relationship. I'm just saying, just really define the thing that this is actually giving you that is working in your life. So I would say this is a great journal entry to try, or if you just want to do it in your mind, I'm just going to throw out an example. Like maybe the reason you have this relationship in your life is because the distraction it gives you is very much helping as an antidepressant because it means you can't just rest focusing on yourself and the things you don't like about yourself. Or maybe you have really good sex with this person and the sex is so great that it actually offsets all of the really terrible stuff and they become less of a deal breaker. So just all I'm asking you to do in this is really look at the not stupid, not crazy reason that you have this relationship is somewhat worth it, almost worth it in your life and notice it, understand it and forgive yourself and see just, I would also say like noticing how long those lists are neck and neck. Usually I think in any relationship are lists of pros and cons. We have to constantly check up on them because they'll keep, they keep a little, you know, close to even a lot of the times. But if you're questioning, it usually means that the relationship has finally tipped towards not worth it. So just something to allow yourself to explore. All right, the next tool is called energy goes where you put it. So this is really for if you are practicing thoughts of just negativity, if you're ruminating about the things that are wrong and you're constantly rehearsing future arguments or you're constantly playing out scenarios of the thing you're going to do or the thing you're going to say, I would say this is, it's a hard thing not to do this if you are in a lot of pain and you're not being treated well. But I would try and disengage from that process because you're, all you're doing is making yourself live in a state of anger and agitation. Like you're very likely in, you know, increasing your heart rate and your threat response. It's probably not making you feel good. And in any relationship, you know, you're going to negotiate what needs to be done at a point in time, but you're not there yet. 
So if you're practicing bad feelings, I'll just ask you to question, is this helping you be more self-protective? Is this helping you feel good? Is this helping you feel better? If so, keep on keeping on. If not, I would just say it's probably making you build up more anger and, and possibly clouding your ability to be objective and simply deliver your case, you know? I feel like when we build up so much ammo of the things that this person did wrong and why they're wrong and why we are right, all we end up doing is being incapable of being present when that conversation actually occurs, you know? And instead of being able to just deliver completely clean information, we come, we're coming from a state of anger. And I think anger can be very helpful in its ability to help us protect ourselves. But if we are the person that's just practicing anger and making ourselves live through it, it's not helpful. It's not helpful to us. And I would say it's not necessarily constructive or helpful to solving this the issue. So if, it's, if you're finding that you're practicing the bad feelings, is this helping? Is this helping me plan? Or is this hurting my body? That's it. Simple question to ask. All right. Next tool I'm calling watch you. I, just a background on this tool. Oftentimes we won't know what our whole being wants and would choose because our conscious mind is only aware of, of a tiny fraction of what the rest of our person knows at any given time. Our unconscious will often show up through our physical feelings, our our body's moods. Sometimes it'll just show up as physical pain. And also, oddly, sometimes it shows up in our actions. Like, so it's nuts, but you might find yourself, you know, suddenly starting to pack a bag, or you might be starting to do a lot of like maintenance on your body. And that's because your unconscious knows that you're getting ready to be single again, you know, but your conscious mind doesn't see that yet. It's pretty weird, but your whole body can sense and digest a lot more information than your conscious awareness will know about. So this tool in particular, I just want you to start to notice what your physical behaviors are telling you about how you feel and what you want, you know, like for example, you might notice you are physically sitting on the opposite side of the room from your partner with your arms wrapped around your body, like in a self-protective distant stance. So just whatever it is, just start to journal or observe the situation and ask yourself, like, what is my body telling me? What is my behavior telling me about how I feel? And it's not necessarily to to act on that relationship, it's really just to see the truth of how you feel and just validate that, you know? Because a lot of the time I think our conscious mind will, will say, I'm, I would never, I can't leave, I can't possibly leave, I'm so happy, things aren't that bad. But then you'll notice in your physical behavior that you are like a far away, you're, you're feeling far away and you're not feeling conducive to closeness, like stuff like that. Um, another side note, if you are in a relationship that is like a not good relationship, a lot of this isn't deciding whether or not we choose to just deal with it and be in it. 
this is really about us divining the truth and seeing are we capable of being in this relationship without being destroyed by it, you know? Because if you are in a relationship that challenges your boundaries and challenges what you hold sacred, then you can't force yourself to be okay with those things. It, it's a va- violation of our values. And if we try and push ourselves into areas that are not honoring to us and we degrade our own sense of self, we lose ourselves in that negotiation. We will lose the ability to, to feel ourselves. We, we lose our health. We lose our ability to, it's like we're constantly enduring so much pain that it's almost like we sever our connection to our body and it creates a lot of other sickness. It makes us very much incapable of self-care in a lot of other areas. So you might find that you start having eating problems or you might start finding that you have sleep problems or you might find that you start using drugs it's like it exacerbates our so many other things because we need to cope with this constant endurance of abuse very much at the hands of ourselves you know so in short when it comes to being in this relationship the truth is already written and in this process of you divining what that truth is you are just respecting what is it's you're just finding out what is true for you and that is it it just is and you can't fight that truth all right next tool it's just a reminder but never come from lack i think we get so um in these types of situations we we get so mad because we're building up resent and we come from this place of lower than of cling clinging and need and that's because we've had these needs that have not been met for a really long time but that position of lack is not in alignment with your goal of being self-respecting we cannot act from our highest selves when we are in that lack underneath clinging, reaching up kind of place. So the goal for us to be able to come from our and honor ourselves is really to get to that innate knowledge and understanding that this relationship is optional for us. Like to get to that to a position of really embodying our equality and our e- autonomy. And just I'm just talking about energy, really getting to that mindset. I'm not saying you're going to leave it. I'm not saying you're going to walk away. You get to make that decision on your own. But I will say when we are are in a position of feeling our own freedom and our own power, then we can really use our our power. We can use our voice. We can we have bargaining ability. So when we're in that lack, clinging need, we're giving the power to someone else. We're allowing them to step on us. We're allowing them to decide our fate for us. We're making our actions predicated on their actions. And that, from that position, we will never have any power. We will never have any freedom. So if as much as you can, no matter what you're going to choose to do, get to the position of I am on your level and I can walk away. This is voluntary. I have autonomy. I have self-respect. I, I, I own my body, not you. All right. 
The next tool is called Energy Tune. It's kind of related to what I was just talking about. Another name for this tool is the walk out the door. You've never looked so good or felt so clear-headed as the day you are willing to walk out the door. And this tool is just to get you to the right headspace. And that is just not coming from lack or need, not coming from underfoot, like you're trying to grab onto the other person as they walk away. Really just getting to that energetic place where you feel free and confident and in the energy of, I am ready to be happy by myself. And things we can do to help ourselves to get to this energy, including include just really getting ourselves into that thought process, like planning things that we would need for a single life, you know, doing research to help yourself, for example, researching checklists for securing your finances as a single person, making any arrangements that might come to mind, starting to do a little bit of house cleaning related to being a single person. And I know that it feels counterintuitive because you think I'm going to send a, I'm like sending a sign to this other person that I'm leaving, but it's like what it allows you to do is just resume a state of, I know I can take care of myself. Like I remember I am a person who is capable and moves you slightly away from that clinging state. And when you can move out of the clinging state, that actually ultimately allows you to resume a state of pure love and compassion because from that non-clinging state there we can really be in a relationship purely for voluntary reasons if that makes sense because that's when when we meet people on those terms at the very beginning of a good relationship when a relationship is healthy it's voluntary it's like here I have all these gifts I'm awesome I'm do you want to share gifts with me because you're awesome that from that place both people feel really good about who they are So that is just to help you start to re-get into that energy of like, I don't need anything from this person. I am free. I am awesome as unto myself. All right. The next tool is called Magic (laughs) Rom-Com. So this is like a filter more than anything. This is for you if you are in a relationship and you are still attempting to gauge whether or not it's working for you or if it will work for you. And I'm just going to give you like this one of the, you know, those rom-coms that are all based on like some weird magical thing. Like there's like sliding doors as one. There's another one about a guy that goes in a closet. So in this rom-com, you imagine you could just re-meet today with this person and you guys are exactly the same way as you are right now, but you re-meet today as total strangers. And I'm just going to ask you, meet that person, see them exactly as they are. Would you fall in love with this person again today? And if the answer is yes, then I would say maybe the issues you are experiencing are unrelated to who this person is. Like, you know, it could be just something to do with like the practical shit that is post-pandemic work, life, raising kids, whatever stuff you have on your plate and how you guys are negotiating that shit right now. You know, I would think of that as like the meat and potatoes of a relationship. You build a relationship like you build a business. And if the business isn't running smoothly and it's not sustainable as it is, it means you need a reorg, you know? Like, for example, maybe you need to hire on a couples counselor 
And you need to change the way you negotiate all of the meat and potatoes crap that is this business. And even if you are absolutely in love with this person, we that's only half the ingredients, you know? The dream isn't enough because that's not something you can sustain on if you are building up daily resents, you know? Um, but the other side of it is like, if you, if you re-meet this person, you're like, yeah, I would totally still be in love with this person. That's just, that's something to hold on to. That's like, that's, I would say valuable knowledge to have and just to be comforted by. Um, and (laughs) because I'm not trying to sway you in any direction whatsoever, I would just also remind you that you can't also help have other people in your life make these decisions for you about what is enough for you, you know? Because what is enough for some people isn't enough for other people. So you're only really trying to divine, is it worth it for you to be in this relationship? Is it worth it? Yes or no? That's the thing you're trying to get to. Okay, next tool is called what I feel versus what I know I feel. And I would say that there's one thing that is constantly set up by having a person in your life that is overly negative or maybe they're depressed. We are constantly offsetting that other person. No matter what relationship, even if it's like, you know, the other person not depressed. Let's say the other person's just stressed or something like that. Whatever thing, or maybe you're stressed and they're not stressed. Whatever cocktail happens in your guys's relationship is being offset and counterbalanced by the other person at all times and this is how we maintain homeostasis that's just something that any system has to do so if you are finding that in this relationship you constantly have to be the one that's fighting for it you're the one that has to put on the happy face you're the person that has to champion it or say that things are better than they think they are etc I just want to give you the opportunity to ask yourself what are the things that aren't you like what are the things you're actually feeling for this other person because you're not allowed to have the space to have your feelings you know I would say this is a good empowering journal entry to to spend some time with because maybe you haven't been allowed to think about the things you want and the things that you need out of your marriage or out of your relationship maybe you find that you actually do have a ton of anger and resent so this is really just an exercise to remember your feelings minus all the managing and making do that we tend to do just by being in partnerships. This is, it's kind of what we do as a means to survive. And that is actually a healthy thing in most cases. One person will take over the coping for both of you when the other person needs it and vice versa. And you'll constantly be trading off responsibilities for managing tough emotions. And that's what you're supposed to get out of a relationship. I would say this is really just for if this has been like a chronic state of negativity or, or badness in your relationship, just being able to reclaim in a safe way Maybe I do have things that I want. Well, maybe there are needs that I do have that I would like to bring forth in a safe environment. For example, with a counselor. All right, the next tool is called process. I know this is basic, but I just wanted to formalize it. Right now, this time in your life, we really just need 
the opportunity to tell our story and to talk about the situation, to tell others, because we need to tell ourselves. We really need to hear our own voice because that'll tell us how we actually feel. A lot of the time, our thoughts don't do our feelings justice. So we need that dialogue. We need to be mirrored back to us, like our own feelings, by who, whoever in your life knows you really well and understands you and, and knows you through to your origin. And so just use this time in your life to talk to others who love you and see what comes out of your mouth, you know? I think just being able to listen to yourself saying what it is you want and saying what you do deserve and don't deserve. I think I know that, you know, situations like this often we can burn out friends because they just hear things too many times and we don't want to exploit that bond or damage it, which is great and healthy, but just as much as you can, figure out some avenues to process this verbally with another person. For example, with a therapist. All right, the next tool is a a, a couple of journal prompts actually. This is for you versus possible old baggage around loss or fear of loss. So I just want you to ask yourself, do you want to want what you have? Or does the whole situation kind of piss you off? Another frame for this is, what is your ethic regarding every other thing in your life that is not this relationship? Like, you know, what is, for example, what, how do you feel about other people you are in a relationship with at work? You know, are you a person who believes in accountability and hiring people or working with people who are responsible? Do you require from other people to speak honestly, etc.? This has everything to do with just isolating anything that we tend to forgive or overlook or explain away when we are in a relationship, a romantic relationship or an intimate relationship. And I'm only asking you to look at this way because if this does not translate to other relationships in your life, then this very likely has some ties to something that is old or something that is related to possibly family of origin or some old baggage around fear of loss. I personally have tons of trauma around loss and it can really blind me in a lot of situations because I'll turn into like a little kid that's just terrified of letting go. Like I can feel the little kid saying like, I can't, but I can't say goodbye. I just can't. I can't. And it feels so life or death. So if you are starting to notice that some of these emotional ties are just super heightened or super dire, I just want you to explore that a little more deeply. Could this be tied to something else or could there be tethers to something else? All right, the next tool. I just wanted to give a boundaries refresh in this episode because I think a lot of the time with a relationship that's toxic in our lives, it a lot of it will come from just weak boundaries. And as I said, you can control everything in your life, including your relationships, via the simple power of controlling access that another person has to you, to your body, your mind, and your spirit. And whether you allow yourself to rely on them, whether you give them an opportunity to disappoint you, this is all something that must be decided upon based on just the truth, the objective information. It can be very simple when you think of all relationships in these terms, you know? Has this person proven that they are capable of honoring your boundaries. 
no, then they cannot have access to you in the same way any longer. It's that simple. Bad boundaries not only don't help you, they also don't help the other person. And that is because you're actively creating whatever negative loop, you're, you're making it continue for them as well by allowing it to continue. And you also, I would say from personal experience, when you allow a bad, bad boundary to continue, you are building up resent and anger toward the other person, which is kind of an unfair arrangement if you think about it, you know? You might find that you are crossing your own boundaries by giving this person something that you don't feel aligned with you know on a personal level like you might feel a sense of betrayal even though you are the person that is enacting the thing that violates your boundary and in that moment you are the person who is creating the bad feeling you know it's like even though they are the one that is instigating it you are the one that is taking the action of injury toward yourself so it's like I would say net net when we have a boundary we must respect it because it just is true and if we don't we will feel violated like our body will tell us with the bad feelings that this was not okay with us so if you're unsure of whether whether or not you're violating your own boundaries I would just start by writing down what your values are for yourself in your journal or wherever you write down stuff so for example, what do you require from others in the form of a behavior? Meaning, what makes you happy and makes you feel good and what makes you feel bad and what makes you feel angry? Just maybe keep it that simple. Just write two, two lists. You know, for me, what makes me feel good and honored, what I want is consistency, being true with your word, honesty, accountability, bringing equal value to my life that I bring to yours, um, and if another person has demonstrated to me that they cannot keep this relationship intact, they cannot maintain that relationship, then my job is to simply recognize it. And I don't have to blame that person or feel offended by that. All I have to do is simply remove the access that that person has to me so that I am no longer in the line of fire. So I'm no longer injured by them. And that, just that simple move is how I can remain in love and can remain in a state of compassion because it's not about me and it's not at me. It just is. I can always control access to my body, my mind, my person, and that is all the power I need. So I just want you to ask yourself, what are the things that make you feel respected and uphold your values? That's the main question you need to ask. And if something is making you feel enraged that this, this other person is doing, just circle those experiences. That's another way to define what our boundaries are is because we can see like this thing pissed the fuck out of me. Why? Oh, it's because this person has demonstrated they are not good with their word. I have to recognize that truth and I have to dis not enable them to cross that boundary again in future situations. Like just really respect and honor what their behavior tells you about who they are. Not their words, just their behavior. All right. And the last tool I have for you is called case study. I think I put this in an episode recently, but I think it's relevant to this situation. The case study is, was this true a week ago? We can, 
I mean, I do this all the time. We can flip our whole opinion of our life based on a single experience because of old baggage or because of triggers. So I just want you, if you are having an altercation in your relationship or you're having like a really intense reaction to something that happened, I just want you to ask yourself, was this true a week ago? What about two weeks ago? If not, if everything was perfect and fine and amazing a week ago or two weeks ago, then I would ask you to question, maybe this is something from my old muscle memory. Maybe something old is coming up for me. Maybe this is an overreaction. What did this thing make me feel? And is that thing out of scale with this instance based on the history of this relationship? All right. Those are all my tools. I know there are a lot. I hope they're helpful. Um, I know this is a really painful situation to be in. So if somebody out there, if you're still struggling in a particular area, feel free to shoot me an email at yayWithme.com. Um, before I close, I want to thank my latest sponsors. I have a new Patreon sponsor, Patty. Thank you so very much. Anyone who has the means, donations really help out the show. You can head to yayWithme.com or patreon.com slash Sarah Maybe. For those who don't have the means, I totally understand. If you could share it with a person who think you think would need it, that would help me as well. So in closing, I just want to remind everyone of the most powerful tool that I have to offer. And I know this is going to feel like weird in this context, but I think it's a really, really useful one, especially I'd say it works the best when we are in an emotion that when things feel the most dire and when we are in the most like down, devastated place, that tool is don't forget to expect the opposite. So in that moment, let's say you're just like in that state of devastation and in that state of things are fucked and I'm, this is terrible. All I want you to do is say to yourself, maybe this day can have a complete 180. Maybe this situation can have a complete 180 and that's it. That's all I'm asking you to do. And all this is doing is inviting your, your brain to see another outcome other than what your pain is predicting. That's it. There's so much power and possibility in just that tool, just that decision. So never forget to have hope and always come from love. And also don't change who you are or what you want, but do work on ways that you can support yourself and support others in ways that are safe and actually doable for you. And I send you my love. I hope you um, to just can move through this. I, I'm thinking of you and uh, I send you vibes of strength and uh, don't forget to smile. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.